started here. All right, I am here with Manuel Pasqual. Is it Pasqual or Pasquale? I think I asked you this last time. Yeah, Pasquale. Pasquale, okay. And uh, last time we talked about World Wars. This time you want to talk about something a little different, something uh, a little more personal, uh, and that is, um, I, I guess, masculinity. You saw my speech at Anarcopoco on masculinity and the, and the crisis, as I see it, in masculinity, and especially, you know, I have... Uh, two daughters, and I'm looking around uh, the the landscape of men, and uh, I'm not seeing a lot of quality guys out there that I would give my stamp of approval to. And so um, that kind of inspired me to do this speech. Uh, and, and I see a lot of the uh, the nonsense happening on both the left and the right of the political spectrum as being kind of a a crisis in masculinity and the way we look at masculinity. Uh, you know, on the left. Uh, they they tend to view all masculinity as toxic or something like that and terrible. You know, I just recently saw a, a an interview with a a Green Party uh, spokesperson in Australia that talked about how firefighters come home from fighting fires and and uh, generally engage in domestic violence, which is completely false. The researcher research she was citing, the researcher said that that's not what the, her research shows at all. The research just shows that uh, when natural disaster strikes a community, domestic violence trends upwards. It doesn't say that firefighters, after they're done fighting fires, like to go home, have a beer, and smack their wife around. But of course, this this is uh, a typical view of masculinity. You know, there's nothing more masculine in a lot of ways than uh, being a, working in a protective service like firefighting, and they they love to demonize masculinity. Um, yeah. And, and then on the right, you have uh, you, you have the Lost Boys, I call them, the, a generation of of young men who um, who don't have a positive male role model in their life and desperately want one, and so they they want an authoritarian father figure in in charge politically, and and they they walk around like almost like gang members in the inner city, right, with this false yeah. machismo, uh, you know. Trying to imagining that picking fights and acting tough and engaging in thuggery on the streets with uh, with Antifa or something like that is <laughs> is uh, the the epitome of what a man should be doing, right? And of course, both of these sides, both sides of this equation, whether you're a man on the left, like one of these. Uh, I hate using the word soy boy, but I, I mean one of these kind of beta orbiters, right? Who who is constantly trying to white knight for women and be the, be a doormat for them, and or you're a guy on the right who um, who you know is, is like advocating for an ethno state. I mean these these people generally tend to be uh, not functioning well in life, uh, and, and I equate that. To, to lack of father. But anyways, I've gone on on a rant about yeah. what kind of inspired me to to do that um, to do that speech. And you saw the speech, and you you had some things to say about this. So uh, why don't you go ahead and and introduce yourself yeah. and uh, talk, uh, tell me why this subject interests you? Thanks. Uh, but first of all, I want to thank you again to for having me for this chat. I really enjoy uh, and appreciate that. Uh, and I think. As you said, uh, I realized by listening to your your speech and other of your podcasts that the family, the couple, and relationships were something important to you. So I think I had something to say about that. And uh, uh, so, just just be, before I start, I like to make always like to make a disclaimer. Uh, well, first, I don't know everything. I'm not saying that I'm what I'm gonna say. I'm perfect, and it's pure, pure science. It's just my thought. Right. They are based on mostly the non-aggression principle, which is the core value of the libertarian philosophy. So I think that morally, it's good. I remember you saying, and I think one of your speech that I'm not. I, 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 I have, I'm not a fan of Ayn Rand, but you quoted her saying that. When something is moral, it's you. It 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 is also usually uh, on Practical. the pragmatic side. Yeah. It's also good. 
it usually works well. Like yeah. not if the state doesn't intervene in a in, in a in something, it's both moral and usually it will work well. Yes. So uh, I'm basic. My it's only my my, my thoughts are based on that. Right uh, now, uh, now just just before you start, uh, you you uh, just to set the stage for the audience, you had told me that you've been single for quite a while. It sounds like maybe you have some experience moving around some of these um, sites that might be called incel or involuntary celibate yeah. or MGTOW, you know, men going their own way, those kind of <clears throat> that world, uh, men's rights activists. You, you sounds like you, you've got some experience in that realm. Is that I've been listening a lot to, I would tell those four kind of groups and ideologies. And I have a main, what, what I want to say is that I have a, for me, there's one main issue that all of those people almost never talk about, and it should be the only thing. But I'm not saying it's the only thing that is the problem. And I'm not saying that if that things would be solved, everything would be perfect. Of course not. Right. But I think it's the only thing that MRAs, incels, pickup artists, MGTOW, have the moral right to complain about. And just before I start talking about it, I just wanted to say that I'm not here. I have a lot of empathy for those people, especially the incel. And I'm not talking only about men. There are women that are lonely too. I sure. mean, women that may not have been lucky in the genetic lottery that are not attractive. Uh, and I say that because I don't consider myself an incel because I'm picky. I could tell you the list of reasons why I think I'm single. And I have well, 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 we'll get into that. I've been rejecting women and I felt every time I felt bad when I rejected a woman because I didn't find her attractive. So in cell, it's just not it's not just men. Sure. But I, I just wanted to and, that. And, and, and I want to point out I just just on that subject for a second, Manuel. Um, <clears throat> there's also, you know, I can't imagine that women who are um, who are even like sexually active, like sexually promiscuous, let's say, or or even women that are in the dating realm, right? Uh, it, it has to be incredibly difficult for them. There, there's all this pressure to, first of all, uh, our culture tells them that they need to essentially look, dress themselves up as if they're objects of sex, right? They're to mm -hmm. please men. Uh, the, the porn, porn culture says that, that you need to perform a certain way sexually to snare a man. So, so the, the sex comes long before the commitment comes in today's yeah. culture. And that's not, that, that has to be a lonely experience also yes. for women because she knows that she's, she's given herself up to this man who you know, could just move on to the next woman and often does yeah. just move on to the next mm -hmm. sexual conquest. And she's left in this vacuum looking for yeah. connection, looking for commitment, looking for security, looking for a relationship. Exactly. And here, here she is. She's just, you know, given up kind of a sacred part of herself and she's left uh, alone in the, in the dirt. And, and, she, you know, that cycle repeats. So even women that date uh, prolifically, I have to imagine, feel incredibly lonely Exactly. Uh, the same way that incels who might, who, you know, you know, men, men and women want kind of, um, different things in relationships, right? Um, women want security. They want love. They want commitment. Uh, men, uh, <clears throat> want those things too, but you know, they, they also, they want to spread their seed, right? That's their <laughs> evolutionary genetic yeah. drive, right? So, so they are looking for, you know, if, if we get, get down to the basic, nuts and bolts of a relationship, men are looking for a sex object and women are looking for a resource object. Exactly. Right. And, um, and so it's, so incels are going to have different complaints than women who are lonely, right? Yeah. The, the complaint from incels is going to be, well, there's no 
uh, sex objects out there for me. Yeah. And the complaint from women exactly. is going to be there's no resource objects out for me. Yeah. I get all the sex I want, but I get no yeah. resources. Yeah, right. And so I think even a woman that wouldn't be very attractive, I think it's easier for her to get casual sex than the usual incel guy. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she's happy. Exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to to yeah. put a, a, a tick, you know, primarily we're going to be talking about men here because we yeah. that that's our experience. We come from the male realm and yeah. we have an understanding of it. But I just wanted to make sure that our audience knew that, that we completely understand that there are huge issues with women. And, you know, I, I, I have daughters myself. And so this is obviously something that that um, that concerns me as well. Like, I, I don't know what advice, it's difficult to know what advice to give them to navigate this mm -hmm. uh, dating and courtship space, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to say that I have, I'm not, I don't want to make fun of anyone. I have a lot of compassion for those incel guys because uh, I have lived myself most of my life alone, though for the rest of my life is a lot more happy. I, I have a good job. I think I have I have finally achieved a, a certain level of self-esteem. Uh, and phys physically, I, I don't think I think I have I'm still lucky. I'm six foot tall. I have a good job. Uh, I speak three languages. Uh, uh, the, liber the libertarian philosophy has given me a lot to be more happy with myself. So. I have empathy for those people and I really don't want to make fun of them like a lot of people talking about incels usually do. Yeah. And so so my main point, as I said, me, I think there is only one thing people should really complain about, which is, I think, the main problem of, a, of, of the men and women relation, and that's the welfare state. Mm -hmm. There is a there is a video from Stefan Molyneux. I think it's uh, the, there is the word patriarchy in the in the name and the title. And he said he said a quote that I really loved. He said, "Men and women relations will normalize when the government will run out of money." And I really love that quote because mm -hmm. he said normalize. He he didn't say that it will become perfect. He didn't right. like I didn't understood that, hey, if suddenly there were no welfare state, I would have all the women I want. Of course not. But he yeah. said normalize. And I, I've been listening to some incels, some MRAs, some pickup artists and some MGTOWs. And they almost never talk about the welfare state. Mm. There's like the man that I heard the most criticizing against the welfare state is, is Stefan Molyneux. Yeah. And I think he's right. That's the, 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 me, look, I, I, I'm not, as I'm, I'm not an unhappy person, but to be single most of your life means you don't have, you don't have, you don't have companionship. You don't have affection. You don't have sex. Uh, you often you're you are often seen as a loser in front of people. Even in your own family, you're. I feel that I'm treated as a second-class citizen because of that. I I, I don't bring you know a, a wife and children with me, so right. it's it's really painful. But the thing is, is that I cannot force a woman to be with me, and a lot of incel guys talk like. They deserve a woman. Sure. And sure. <clears throat> the, so the only thing me I can complain about is the welfare state because hey, I've been single. Ma Ma Manuel, is it your experience that a lot of these incel folks are um, come from single mother families, or I would say probably because I also come from uh, my parents got divorced when I was four years old, and I can say that I have been mostly alone since that age in many ways. Look, I've been, you know, I received clothes, shelter, and food, but I was often left to myself emotionally. And and so, what, what, what was the story in your household about your father? I mean, I assume you were with your mom for pri primarily? Uh, not really. Uh, okay, my parents divorced when I was four years old. Uh, 
my my ma my mother asked the divorce because my father was violent. Right. So it's not a divorce like most women do. She she was right to ask the divorce. Sure. Okay. Uh, she didn't ask a divorce like for insatisfaction or because she wanted to go have sex with the neighbor. Yeah. She, she was right. But, and I still talked to my mother because she's alive. And I said, but I told her, you still had the responsibility to choose a good man. And when right. when I told her that, she said, oh, it was not my fault. I was young. And she right, tried. Right. It's like it's, it's, it's nobody's fault. And that's where, because my, my mother is still believe in the, the, the feminist uh, narrative that women live under a, a patriarchy. But right. And, 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 and notice that it's not my fault is kind of the incel uh, motto as well, right? Yes. And that, that's why I ask if they're raised by single yeah. moms, because quite often that is a the narrative they, they hear. It's like, you know, uh, that they're <laughs> uh, this has been my experience with friends having gone through a divorce myself and other people. It's like the, the kids are constantly inundated with this story that it's not my fault. Uh, I was hoodwinked or I was fooled or, you know, it just happened. It's just the way things go. And, um, and you know, he, I am owed all sorts of things. Yeah. I'm owed resources. I'm owed this. I'm owed yeah. that. And by yeah. the way, that, that, that man is a terrible person. And like that man, that's your father that I chose to be your father. Yeah. He's like, and, and so it's no wonder that, uh, that, that these boys coming out of these homes yeah. think men are uh, horrible and patriarchal and, yeah. and toxic or, that they long for a father figure that they never had, and that that yeah. they, they feel this deep sense of mm -hmm. longing in their soul for something that's missing in their life, but the story they get, and so so I have to imagine, uh, just completely speculating in my as an armchair psychologist here, that that incels quite often come from these environments where Absolutely. where where helplessness is modeled for them, right? Yeah. It's it's like, it's not my fault. I have no accountability for this and I'm owed, right? But in this case, yeah. they're not owed resources. They're they're men, they, they want sex. Yeah. And so what's owed to them is sex. Yeah. That'd be fair. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. And God, so just to finish all that, my parents got divorced. So I lived with my mother until I was 10 years old. But when I was 10 years old, my mother had a boyfriend. It was a difficult time, you know, I was not, I lacked attention, so uh, my mother decided to send me living with my father. So she had divorced my father because he was violent physically and he was yelling a lot after everyone. So, so she sent me living with my father. So I have lived uh, from 10 to 24 years old with a violent yelling father, which was absolutely destructive for my, the building of my self-esteem. Mm. Yeah. And I had to recover that in my 30s and maybe in late 30s to learn to 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 have a little bit of self-esteem through uh, through therapy. And I would say also to some reading, self-help. And I would say Stefan Molyneux really helped me uh, with his uh, with his thoughts uh, on that. So uh, that's where I came from. But I, I still assume that I, I have some, you know, I have some free will. Uh, no, look. I'm picky. I'm very, very picky. I could say that nine women out of 10, I just don't find them attractive. And that's not the fault of the welfare state or radical feminism or society. I own that. You know, I work in a field that it's only almost only men. I don't like to go out. Uh, of course, the anxiety issue that I had and still have in some way, uh, I know that it doesn't make me fully attractive uh, as I would like to be. Uh, I had to work on myself in many ways. I used to be skinny. I used to have long hairs and uh, I, I worked on all that. But still, I said, no woman owes me anything. Right. But the, the, the thing that, the only thing that, because I'm, I'm sad and frustrated of that, but I don't put that frustration on women because, as I said, they don't owe me any, they don't owe me anything. But there's, if there's one thing that really infuriates me, that's the welfare state. 
I live in yeah. Quebec. If you know the taxation rates uh, difference across Canada, uh, you know that Quebec is the most taxed province. Mm. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be able to reach, uh, I don't like saying that, but for the example, I will say it. Uh, with overtime, I've, I've been able to reach uh, a salary of 100K per year. Right. Do you know how much a single guy keep? from 100k per year in Quebec? <laughs> oh man, I don't want to know, do I? But between, uh, around 65. What? Around 65? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's ridiculous. Yeah, I could not. Okay, I wanted to have a family. I wanted to have a wife and children. Was not able. Maybe, maybe it's still possible. Yeah. And, but, and here, here's, I'm sorry, I'm just, I, I'm struggling with that fact. 65, you know, so you're getting taxed at a horrendous rate uh, mm -hmm. being a productive Quebecois. And uh, and here we are, and, and the federal government is taking our tax money and pouring more of it into your government programs. Um, I mean, th th this is a perfect example of how welfareism just, you know, you're going to talk about, I, I suspect, how welfareism destroys a family and destroys lives. But it's it's also destroying Canada and, yes. and Quebec, right? Because the more uh, the more you tax the productive members, the more money they need like it, it's yeah. a never-ending black hole and mm -hmm. and the rest of canada's so i just wanted to point that out like we, we are rewarding um we're rewarding behavior from governments that is atrocious right by yeah. sending them more money to continue upping the welfare and victimizing their own people and creating a culture of dependency i just wanted to point that but out. what is frustrating is that okay i if i if i'm unable to to have a, a wife a girlfriend because I'm picky and I have my own issue, as I said, but I, I had another dream in life. I wanted to buy a small farm you know, to, to, to live a life. Even if I am to be alone, I'm going to I'm gonna be able to enjoy doing things on my small farm, on my land. But I've been unable to do that because buying it alone is so expensive, especially with the current housing bubble that we have in Canada. But if I was not taxed as much as I am, I could have been able to realize that that dream, yeah. but I cannot yet. Right. That's really frustrating. And the way I look at it. Well, and, and here's something that just occurred to me. And, and like you would be you, you would have much more options, let's say, on the dating of course. market. If of you course. were if you're able to keep your money, you know, like if yeah. if but you have to go pay for the state to be a surrogate husband for exactly. welfare queens, right? That's exactly. essentially for, for non-productive people. So, so, going... so you are you are essentially already a spouse uh, without any benefits to uh, exactly. all the, all the I was going I was going to say that look, a woman can reject me as a lover, a sex partner, a father, and go have sex with another man and have children with him, but she still can take my money. Right. She, yeah. she doesn't reject my money because, you know, in the 1950s, the 1950, my mother was born in 1952. So when she was born, who paid for her, her birth, her food, her clothing, her education, and for her mother who took care of her, who paid for that? Yeah. yeah so was it, it was... the neighbor? No, it was my <laughs> grandfather who was working. Right. And right. my grandfather, who is still alive, told me that, yeah, in the 1950s, he kept 90 to 95% of his paycheck. And mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not saying I would like to go back, because often libertarian or conservative or traditionalist people prefer the 1950s. And right. let's be clear, I would not want to throw back women in that age where uh, you know, my grandmother didn't have the right to have a bank account uh, until 1961 in Canada. I think uh, women didn't have the right to use birth control. So I fully believe that you know, like feminism, feminism, we can bash at that movement, but we have to be honest to say that feminism had its good point, I think. And I'm not sure, maybe you will disagree with me on some issue and I'm totally open to hear about it. But I think that giving women Okay, I don't like the democracy mob rule, but 
if if men have the right to vote, I think women should also have the right to vote. I would prefer a, a votation system based on if you pay tax or no. But yeah, women get the right to vote. They get the right to birth control. They get the right to yeah to abortion. I believe that abortion should be legal. Uh, they get the right to divorce. I think the the free free uh, the right to associate and disassociate should exist. Uh, women got the right to work, to own property, and the, the feminist women who fought for that, I said, bravo, good job, sister, you, you did a good job. Yeah. But after that, the feminists, what they did is that it's, they did some some socialism, some communism. They brought right. the welfare state, the no-fault divorce, the discrimina discriminatory laws against men that force employers to hire women, blah, blah, blah. So... That's yeah. against that we're talking about, because basically as libertarian, what are we talking about right now? The respect of the non-aggression principle, because the welfare state, the fact that I'm forced to pay 35% of my income every year, and a big part of it goes to the welfare state in Quebec, yeah. is a violation of the non-aggression principle. Sure. Sure. Okay. So... Uh... Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I don't have a lot to disagree with you on there. I mean, you know, obviously, democracy itself favors special interests, right? And so whatever your special interest, you're going to want more resources. And so yeah, universal suffrage, like, <clears throat> there, there should be complete equality under the law, I, I should be yeah. able to take birth control if there was such thing as male birth control, uh, just like a woman should be able to take birth control, mm -hmm. I should be be able to vote. Uh, under the same conditions as a woman should be able to vote and and there should be you know and i, I agree with you it should be like if we're going to have democracy it should probably be uh there, there probably shouldn't be universal suffrage it should probably be folks that contribute in some way to their nation through taxation mm -hmm. it shouldn't be people that take a net benefit from yeah. from you know because yeah. obviously they're just going to vote to increase their their benefit and and that's the same of whether it's men or women it's just that you know typically women need need resources uh, I guess funneled their way more than men do because yeah. it's a biological, just a biological reality. Like you, you, if you are bearing children and raising children, um, you are not able to do other things. You're not able to be, mm -hmm. go out and hunt and gather and, and yeah. get that food like a man can. And this is where, why men are resource objects. Right. And, and so it, it's a, it's a collaborative um, relationship that men and women have traditionally have, and then the yes. state gets, gets involved and then we become, we get at each other's throats. Right. And so it's yeah. no coincidence that we see high rates of divorce at the same time. We see the rise of the welfare state at the same time. We see men's rights activists yeah. at the throat of third wave feminists. At the same time, we see the increasing divisiveness on the left and right. It's all part of the same fractal. And that is big government and pointing guns creates a zero-sum game where you're either holding the gun and pointing it at someone or you're looking down the barrel of someone else pointing that gun at you. Exactly. So, but, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the ways that the field is tilted against men. So, so we talked about the welfare state and that tilts the field against men because um, it allows a, like our, our primary value to women at, at the base, if we just get down to the base of it, is our ability to gather resources and provide protection and security to women. And of course, the bigger the government grows and becomes a source of that uh, of resources and protection for women, then then there, there's not really a need for men anymore. And so, uh, women, you know, so we we in fact, the more resources we go out and give, the bigger the state gets and mm -hmm. the less attractive we become. So it's like. Yeah. I can understand the frustration a lot of these guys yeah. have. It's like, why do I bother going yeah. to do all this stuff if all I do is feed this giant leviathan that makes yeah. me irrelevant, right? Um, but, you know, the other part that uh, you, you touched on it briefly, the the no-fault divorce. Uh, yeah. th this was something I brought up in my campaign as well. Um, you know, I, I, if, if you if the audience and you... Uh, get a chance, you should go to libertarian.ca and look at our platform and the one on marriage and family. I don't know if you read it, but it goes through a lot of, of this stuff about how the state ruins uh, the family, right? And so mm -hmm. the welfare state is one thing that we mentioned in there, but the other thing is uh, the family law system yeah. um, and all the rights in there, right? And, and the family law system, um, the Divorce Act of 1985 uh, saw judicial reform and it saw... Um, 
judges being educated in kind of a feminist theory where <laughs> it, it, it used to be kind of an assumption presumption of a uh, shared parenting right and then they adopted this model where it's like there's one the one parent model where there's one person who's the primary uh, nurturer for the child and that's most important so that's that comes out of feminist theory and of course that's always going to favor the mom and this is why women get uh, primary custody uh, 80 89 percent of the time but here are uh, I'm just going to break down seven ways that men kind of get that that seven rights that women have in the family law system that men don't have all right here's yes. the first one they they have the right to conceive a child through force or fraud that's the first thing so yeah. men are men are obliged to pay child support regardless of whether a woman lied to them about being on birth control or mm -hmm. pressured them into unwanted sex or even raped them teenage boys who have been raped by older women are often obligated to pay child support when they reach the age of consent. Yeah, the, the that's second, terrible. That's terrible. The second thing is uh, women have the right to damage a fetus by engaging in substance abuse. Uh, so, so they can damage this fetus. They can create you know, fetal alcohol syndrome or all these other things. And then men, the fathers, are obligated to pay what's called Section 7 expenses, which is a federal thing. Um, it's extra expenses that the child needs above and beyond child support. So we have to pay that. Um, any expenses that arise through maternal uh, substance abuse. The third thing is um, <clears throat> the right to secretly entrap a man into fatherhood. So the prevalence of paternity fraud, where a woman claims that you are the father when it's actually someone else, is uh, between 5 to 15%. That's a huge, huge number. That's so terrible. That, that, that's a huge fraud considering right, right. that a man who's going to pay for a child for 20 years when it's not his child. Right, right. It's, it's like ruining his life financially. Yeah, it is. It prevents and, him from, from having a family elsewhere. Right. And believe it or not, it, it's not a, a crime. It's not criminal to do that. So yeah. women are protected from the criminality of that type of fraud and the man might actually be responsible to pay child support, even if it comes out that it's not his child. Um, the fourth right is the right to abandon an infant at birth. So a mother has the right to abandon their child at birth with no questions or strings attached through secret adoption or dropping the child off at a designated location. And in doing so, she waives all financial obligations she might have to the child. She has no obligation to pay child yeah. support if she does that. Biological fathers, on the other hand, don't have the right to waive any financial obligations, nor do they have the right to, they don't even have the right of first refusal to custody of the abandoned child. So <laughs> that is incredible, right? Have you, have you ever seen the meme? Uh, the, it's a picture, it's a meme of the difference of uh, public housing for for uh, the, for for single women who cannot pay for their child versus versus single men who cannot pay for their child. What is the difference? Oh, I could just imagine. I haven't seen it, but I could. No, it's, it's it's easy. It's easy for the for the single mother who can't afford to pay for their child. You see some uh, public housing, like uh, you know some. Uh, so some apartment building, normal. And for yeah. a man, what is it? It's a homeless shelter probably, right? No, it's a jail. Jail, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you, you lose your license if you can't meet your obligations, right? And then yeah. you, <laughs> it's a downward spiral. Okay, the fifth right is the right to alienate the father from his child. So a woman can keep her pregnancy secret from the biological father and years later decide to sue him for retroactive and child support going forward. Mm. So, uh, you know, they have no obligation to tell us that, that they are carrying our child and, you know, and then they can, so they can keep that from the child and from the father. And then 10 years later say, yeah, you will owe me 10 years back child support. Uh, six, the right to deny or disrupt access between father and child. So, while non-custodial parents have the right to access a child, these rights are not enforced like child support. 
And child support, if you don't pay, if it's they enforce it strongly, right? I mean, you could even end up in jail. But police will not enforce normal access orders, and mothers can ignore court-ordered access with impunity in most cases. So, you know, the, the custodial parent, which is generally the mom, holds all the cards and can keep... May I, keep, may keep I just say that I think that, uh, I think you will agree with me, there are men who are bad fathers and that... Mm -hmm. You know, men that will abandon their pregnant wife or girlfriend and not take care of their child. Sure. That exists too. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that the welfare state model into which we live encourage that too. Because women are less, you know, women will choose more uh, a man simply on their, you know, sexual lust rather right. than how maybe our grandmothers used to choose their men knowing that there is no welfare state but there are there are bad men and bad father i just we i just don't yeah. want i just don't yeah. I don't nope. want just to complain against women. So. No, no, and I'm, 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 I'm not doing that here. I'm, I'm just raising. So I'll, I'll tell you what my point is here after this final one. So the final right they have that that men don't is the right to make false allegations against the father. So mothers who make false accusations of child abuse or domestic violence in order to gain uh, custody advantage can expect to face no repercussions whatsoever. So they can absolutely ruin a man's life. Um, they, they can keep him from his kids. They can lie about it. And if it fi they find out that mom was lying, there's there's no repercussion. She suffers no punishment, no jail time, anything like that. So so the combination of, of all those rights coupled with no-fault divorce, where in no-fault divorce, um, it, it, it violates contract law, right? Like if you and I have a contract, uh, and I can normally, if I break the contract, I say I want out, there's a penalty I have to pay. Like yes. I have to, I have to pay you for breaking that contract. Whereas with, if it was a no fault divorce, I could break the contract and you would actually owe me money. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what no fault marriage is. Am I, am I wrong? Am I right to say that the, before the no fault divorce, to get a divorce, you, you had, I mean, to get a favorable divorce, you had to be the victim of violence, negligence, or, yeah. uh, or, uh, you know, uh, infidel, inf infidelity when, you, yeah, uh, when yeah. you, yeah, yeah. So, so that's kind of how it used to be. Now I, I don't even favor that. Like I, I want the state out of marriage altogether. Exactly. Um, and, and so, you know, this legislative requirement that certain things have to be in order for you to break a contract, I think is silly. It should just be just like any other contract law, right? Like you're free to break the contract, but guess what? You pay the price for initiating that contract violation, not me. So if the wife wants to leave, she's not happy or whatever, and she wants to break that contract. Now, you know, in a private court, what would happen is I might have violated the marriage vows by being unfaithful or uh, I, I might have, you know, engaged in domestic violence or something like that. In that case, it, I would be the one that's breaking the vows and she exactly. has every right. Exactly. Like I broke the contract. Right. But if she's just, you know, most most it's mostly women that initiate divorces. And the, the most common explanation is that they're just not satisfied. Right. So <laughs> like exactly. you entered into that, that you made this contract. And if you're not satisfied with it, yeah, you can break it but you're the one that should have to pay for that uh like you know you, you've just robbed years from my life you had kids with me, like so all, all those things right so i fully agree with that so, so so my point here is with bringing all this up is that um it yes uh you know men who are in these movements pick up artists incel migtel um whatever they they have a legitimate gripe against the welfare state that that replaces them with the government basically. But they never talk about it. it. They, never they never talk, talk about it. But, about but, that. but, they, but, and they also have a legitimate gripe when it comes to family law and, and the institution of marriage and commitment in general to, uh, uh, you know, another, to an, uh, a woman. Right. Yeah. And so government has, has, has made it a one way street where, uh, women get all the benefits and have no obligation and men have all the obligation and none of the benefits when they get into these relationships. And so that needs to be changed and it needs to be changed, not just for the sake of men and these, these lost boys that are 
in the dark underworld of these movements and not going anywhere in life, but it needs to be changed for women who are experiencing the same thing on the other side where they, they want desperately to have a commitment, but, um, you know, culture and society and the government are pushing, are, are creating this environment where, uh, promiscuity without commitment is, is incentivized, I guess. Women are, are clearly not more happy under no. that so-called uh, system that, yeah. Right, right. Um, so what is the solution here, Manuel? How, how do we, what do we do to help these men out? What, what do you think, well, maybe just talk a little bit about your own personal experience because you, you said, okay, you, you are, you're, it sounds like you're, a legit resource object now you, you know options should be opening up, up for you um on the dating market you're kind of picky or whatever I, I i don't know if i can help you not be so picky you know i talked to i don't did you see my episode with david where we're talking yeah. about uh dating and and he was looking for advice about uh whether he could date outside of objectivism or date uh, maybe a christian me, i have been got i met a woman that uh, I, I i have known I have known a woman that she's a libertarian. She lives in uh, in Alberta. We met each other, and I think we both wanted to be together. But she's really sick. She's sick at a point that it's life life threatening, oh, yeah. and that she doesn't see herself uh, embarking in a relationship for that. Right. Uh, I would hope that her health would could become better one day, but. That's yeah, that's that's, a, that's 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 a rough one, man. Yeah, well, that's so, a rough so, one. so 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 it sounds like you have some criteria or something yeah. like that about. Uh, so what is it? So all the women watching this saying, okay, well, here's Manuel. He's a real catch. <laughs> He's a hundred k a year. Uh, you know, wants to buy land. Is got you know good values, good morals, good looking guy. Looks physically healthy. Like, why why what do I got to do to to get my hooks into Manuel here? That's very nice to you to say that. Thank you very much. Well, no, it's just uh, objective reality. That's what I'm... But I'm you're asking observing. me what I could give advice to men. Uh, I well, wrote, no, no. Uh, but before I, I do that, I want to uh, give some advice to women that might might want a chance to date Manuel here. What 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 is she... What are the criteria? Like, why are you, why are you I, saying I don't, I, I, know I, I don't really know what to say. I was not prepared to answer that question. Uh I think for a woman who shared the libertarian values, because for me, it's important. The problem is, is that in Quebec, women are even more status, socialist and feminist than I think elsewhere, which make it very difficult. I have already used the service of a dating agency. And can I, can I, can I make a, a quick yeah. observation or, or advice? You're, <laughs> you shouldn't limit yourself to libertarian women. All right. The libertarian know, women are rare. First, first of all, and, and yeah. I, I encourage you to read Jonathan Haidt's work on political personalities. Okay. Jonathan Haidt, he wrote the coddling of the American mind. Um, he comes from the left, but he's, he's a psychologist who has explored his, his last name is spelled H A I D T H A A. I D T. Okay. Yeah. And, and he's got an amazing Ted talk about the liberal brain versus the conservative brain yeah. and the, you know, the, the personality traits, mm -hmm. there is predictable personality traits for libertarian too. Yeah. And, and he, he did the largest study on the libertarian personality. Yeah. And it turns out that we have what psychologists call the most masculine type of thinking there is okay. Yeah. We we're lower on empathy and higher on cognition, and we're we're systematizers. So we think in terms of systems. Yeah. And what you want, per, uh, Manuel, and this is one thing I realized because I used to think that I wanted a libertarian wife too, but then I realized that that'd probably be the worst thing for me. Yeah. Is you want someone that's high on empathy and nurturing because that's not a strength you and I have. Yes, and, but uh, I, I want to rephrase it. I would like a libertarian, libertarian wife, but at minimum, I want, would like to be with a woman that is not hostile to my yes. value, like right. your wife is, I yes, think. Because yes. you, you, you said that your wife is not a fan of politics, but she's right. not hostile, and she recognized some truth in 
So it's not a conflict. Right, so right. I would be open to be with a non-libertarian woman as yeah. long as she's not hostile. And yeah, what I was my, saying is my, that my wife, my wife probably isn't a fan of my politics, but she's a huge fan of me. Like when I give a talk <laughs> and I knock it out of the park, it's not that the content of the talk that that she loves. It's the fact that I'm succeeding and I'm doing something I love and she's the first one to stand up and cheer for me. So that is more important than any ideology or yes, uh, but that, that she could have. Right. The woman I was talking uh, about uh, that I that I that I dated. Uh, I think she, she she liked the fact that I was a libertarian because she's a libertarian too. But I think she liked also my my personal value and who I am, and I felt it, and it was a real joy to 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 feel that with her. So uh, okay, but, sorry, sorry, but, I didn't mean to de derail your yeah, discussion. But I, I just wanted to say that I I I use the service of a dating agency, and uh, one time the the matchmaker. She introduced me to a woman that was a philosophy teacher. And when she introduced her to me, she was all happy. I said, I'm sure it will be good for you. She's a philosophy teacher in college. And she, she, I, could, I could feel in her voice that she was enjoying to, to introduce her to me. And in, my head, and in my head, I knew, okay, a philosophy teacher in a Quebec college, uh, it's 99% no. A hardcore leftist yeah. and the woman was she was a total total total, total communist <laughs> yeah. oh man sorry to hear that but uh, if i could okay. just answer to to finish you asked me what i could uh some uh, uh some tips for incel and other guys uh but first you have to i think you have to work on yourself because yes I can complain about the welfare state and it's legitimate. And I'm sure, as I said, like Stefan Molyneux said, when the government will run out of money, relationship will normalize. And I can't wait for that. But unfortunately, it won't happen, I think, tomorrow. You have to learn to offer value because if you want a wife, if you want a woman, you have to offer value. You have to become a lovable and attractive and a good person that women want. So you have to work on yourself. I think if you have frustration, which is totally legitimate, channel those frustration in the good direction. So for me, my frustration, I channel them through my libertarian value by exposing the evil of the welfare state mm. into relationship. Uh, you, you were saying that uh, when you were naming the seven points, you said that women can commit some criminal act and not be prosecuted. Right. But are you surprised, Tim, that it's like that? Because we live in a world where uh, the state itself, which is the most evil criminal enterprise, uh, with the wars, with the, the, the central bank, with all the evils, it's no surprise that the, the state can vote some law that uh, let women commit crime while sure. the same state has nuke cities, started wars uh, and things like that. So we have to, I think, focus on learn what is moral principle that initiating the use of violence against a peaceful person is always wrong. It's wrong when the state starts a war. Yeah, well, as I said, with conscription, taxation, blah, 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 and all that. And it's wrong when uh, uh, the state takes the money from a single guy to pay for the family of a single mother who choose a fucking bad boy as yeah. the father of her children. That's yeah. the only thing I see that is morally, uh, right. that can be the, the target of frustration. Me, I, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote uh, a small thesis on incels and MRAs and all that. And do you have it posted online somewhere? Uh, no, but I wa I wanted to make a video presentation on that, but right. I felt that we could talk together about it. So yeah. maybe later I will do it. As I said, MRAs, pickup artists, never talk about the welfare state. They said that it that the the, the men's and women problem as are because women are uh, hypergamous. Hypergamy? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hypergamous, yeah. As, as if men were not hypergam too. Men want to be with uh, beautiful women. So it's not just a woman thing. Sure. But they, they never talk about the welfare state. So they, they, right. they, they had well, to invent some, some bullshit that is not even real sometimes. Yeah, here, here's here's the thing. We, you know, here's my concern, right? It's you, you you're unlikely to control the state or the welfare state, yeah. any of these things that it does. So so yeah. my advice to young men is to focus on the things that you can control. There's exactly. a lot there are a lot of things you can control. You can clean your room, as Jordan Peterson says. Yeah. You can get your life in order. You know, and this is one thing I realized, and I made this mistake for years, and I still do it occasionally too, well, a lot, is I, I like to complain about the government a lot. Um, and and, and <laughs> but 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 the problem with that is that it, it misses the, the other side of the coin of liberty, right? And and part of our motto in the last election was liberty equals freedom from coercion plus personal responsibility, right? And we we I, I, we need to focus more on the personal responsibility side yeah. as libertarians because that's where we have the most opportunity yeah. to get more choices, more of, you know, the, the more discipline I have, the more responsibility I take on, the more I, I look at the man in the mirror and approve it, the more options and choices yeah. and freedom open up for me in the world. And so even if the state is gets worse, even if this... Uh, dating scene and and when versus women gets worse, yeah. I feel like I can I have the competence and the ability to navigate that world and still come out ahead because the state can't diminish my spirit. They can't diminish my competency. And I know that there are women out there that think the same way and that they re realize that they don't want to be a, a, a dependent uh, person mm -hmm. that, you know, and, and we all have these awakenings sometimes later in life. And that's fine, right? Like there, there may be women going through, you know, like one relationship after another and not feeling satisfied but getting all the resources she needs but she may realize at the end of the day and i think a lot of women are realizing that, that this is just emptiness uh yeah. just and and that you know they they wanted more traditional man yeah. who is going to uh protect them and look after them and you know and, and have that more traditional relationship so so i think there's a lot of hope for these guys and all they have to do is start with the man in the mirror and stop worrying about absolutely uh, and i agree I, uh, yeah and, but I, but but instead even... but instead what i see happening here and, and this is something i noticed yesterday coming back from miami um there, there's this don cherry uh yes. fiasco going on right now right and i noticed that some of the same people that are criticizing sportsnet for firing cherry saying they're they're limiting his free speech uh, want uh, CTV to to fire this girl Jessica Allen uh, because she said some horribly offensive things and yeah. and so I said look you you're violating your own principle here if you think yes, it's exactly. valuable for for speech to be had like you, you can't call and so what I'm saying here is what I'm seeing is a lot of men or masculine thinkers, I guess, you know, I tend to think of conservatives and libertarians as kind of masculine thinkers, right? We're focused on external threat, vigilance, boundary enforcement, gathering resources, uh, that sort of thing. And libertarians really think in terms of systems rather than than emotions, right? We, we, we have low emotions and high cognition when it comes to thinking about things. Uh, well, we can't be violating, we can't be acting like the, the loony left here. Right. Yes. We can't we can't be holding up double standards yeah. and the double. So so the answer for incels and MGTOWs isn't to act more like women. Exactly. In, exactly. Right? Where, incels where, are like. Yeah. Where I, I, I have all this. I'm entitled to all this stuff, but I have no reciprocal obligate obligation. You, you can't just act like these crazy loons yes. uh, that that perpetuate this stuff and expect the system to get better right and so what you have to do is focus on your character focus on principle principles work i i'm a big b believer in that you know the right principles are practical uh and exactly, you, you exactly. gotta stick that's with them what, when times are the toughest that's where they come in the handiest uh it's not when good, times are, it's easy to fall for uh, what is good for incels is good for uh world war ii it's i'll say the, the same right. principle and uh, be responsible and as you said uh i see incels are like the equivalent i think of of uh radical feminists they have mm -hmm. entitlement and they complain
Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's, and, and this isn't to say that that we shouldn't have empathy uh, for these people, that we shouldn't understand where they're coming from and of offer them an olive branch. Like, I, I want to, yeah, you, you know, I, I think that that hammering these people or making fun of them or anything like that, that's, that's a wrong strategy. We, I want to help these people. And, and yeah. I think I, I'm hoping that there's women on the, fe in the feminist side that are looking at these third wave feminists that are, are their own worst enemies in so many ways. They're, they're creating a world in w which life for themselves will be horrible, <laughs> right? That they're, they're distancing themselves from an opportunity at happiness and uh, I, I hope that there's someone on that side that is reaching out to these people and having some some compassion for them and showing them an alternative way out there. So um, for for audience members, young men who might be listening to this, incel, uh, MGTOW, pickup artist community, whatever, um, you you can go to my website, uh, timmoen.ca. And you sign up for my mailing list there. Uh, I'm creating a project uh, on masculinity and providing, providing resources because I had a lot of help. Okay, I I came from a single mother family myself. I, my mom was single until I was five, and then I had a father who wasn't. Uh, you know, he he provided resources, but he wasn't the kind of father I longed for as a young guy, but I had the benefit of going into a very masculine profession, firefighting. And uh, I had a lot of great mentors, a lot of people I looked up to as kind of mentors or father figures that taught me how to be a solid man, a guy of integrity, of character, of of honesty, of value. And I had that benefit and I was shown the ropes and um, and, and I'd love to offer that to, to young men out there that are struggling or in this dark underworld um, where there seems to be no light and they're lashing out at the world and, um, you know, and struggling. I, I, I want to offer you a lifeline. So go to timmoen.ca and sign up for my uh, mailing list and stay apprised of, of this project I hope is coming uh, up I in your future. I see you have a passion toward that and I've, I admire that and that's the reason why I wanted to bring my little contribution on the incel and men's and women things because I, I find out that it's almost never discussed uh, apart from uh, when I think Stefan Molyneux talks a lot about it but I hope that we can we will be able to to spread a little bit more the that knowledge uh, about that yeah that's awesome well, thank you very much, Manuel. Do you have anything else you want to... No, uh, it's a, it's a, I said what I had to say. And again, I'm really happy that uh, I had this conversation with you. Uh, it's very uh, it's, it's, it's very pleasant. And it, I'm searching the word enrichissant. It's enrich myself to have this conversation with you. Right. Well, if, if you, Manuel, I, I appreciate it too. And if you ever get that uh, thesis up up online uh let me know maybe we can put a link to it in the comments or in yeah. the uh, description below and mm -hmm. uh go from there but well, uh, in fact it's it's simple the, 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 it's the point i just said i said right. and, it, and it doesn't come from me i will give the credit more to stefan molyneux uh who said men and women relation will normalize when the government will run out of money and it yeah. will not just become better for single men it will become better because men will have probably will men will come from a better family there right. will be it's sure that if there would be no welfare state there will be more i think a stable family so ch children would grow up with both parents i'm not saying it would be perfect course not yeah uh, but uh, it would be a better start for a lot of men because uh, I know I know where I come from uh, I didn't have any masculine role so right. I am I come from that and that's what I am and I, I'm aware of it but and, yeah. and and it's important to surround yourself with other men right yeah and preferably the men that are better than you uh, so that but you that's what a, a just better version conversation yourself. with you emotionally i feel great okay look right. we don't live close but look, if i would live in alberta i would be happy to be friend with you and to invite yeah. you to restaurant or go to the shooting range together Absolutely. because you would be like a a grand uh, a older brother maybe to me so but right. i think the, this this conversation is emotionally very uh, pleasant
Yeah, and and I, I want to say too, you know, that the the state has ruined marriage and family and and created a, a tricky situation for guys, but it is possible. I I truly believe it's possible to have the kind of relationship you want, regardless of all this I stuff. Sp- you I know, still it, have hope, and I try. Yes. You know, I talk about the welfare state, but. I know I have personal responsibility. You know, I, 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 I sometimes spend my Saturday evening at home playing video game. It's not the fault of the state. It's not the fault of feminists. It's right. my choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Like, you know, I, the, 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 better, the better version of myself I become, the better I'm able to gather resources, the better I'm able to protect my family, the better able I am to provide value in my relationship and and be a friend and companion to my wife, the mm-hmm. better she becomes also yeah. because of that, the more she wants to commit mm-hmm. to this relationship and be in it and be more of a traditional mom and, and you know, nurture. Like, it's interesting to see when you have that kind of, when you work on yourself and develop your character, um, that that kind of um, traditional relationship kind of springs almost organically. It might not even start out that way. It might even start out a little dysfunctional at first where you're both kind of codependent or something like that. And you're both struggling to come out of this underworld. But the, the better you both be, you become as an individual, the better she becomes as an individual and vice versa. And, and it, this amazing kind of transformation happens where I, I, you couldn't offer me any amount of money. And I don't think, I think she would say the same to replace her or to replace me. So you can become, the state cannot hold a candle to the man you, I know you can become, uh, to our audience out there and to you, Manuel, and and to myself. So uh, I just want to kind of end on that note. Thanks so much for, for, uh, having this conversation with me. Thanks for those kind words. (laughs) Thanks, Manuel.